the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Way on this Tuesday, the 22nd morning of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2019. How would you respond? How would you expect your children to respond if they were at a peaceful event in Washington, D.C., protecting life, defending life, and they were attacked by a group of angry people shouting things like this at them? This child molesting three strike down. Let's make America great again. A bunch of child molesting Look at all these dusty crackers with that racist garbage on. Look at these dirty that's right. A bunch of in- incest babies. That's right. A bunch of babies made out of incest. The biggest terrorist on the face of this earth is the pale-faced man, woman, and child. That was assault number one on the kids from Covington Catholic High School in Kentucky. Assault number two came from Nathan Phillips, who marched directly up to the boys, was not cornered by them, was not assaulted or harassed by them, but literally went straight to them and banged his drum rather slowly, right inches from the face of one of the uh, of the group, then proclaimed that he was the victim who was being told, build this wall, build that wall. Attack number three, of course, came online and through the mainstream media as these kids have been declared to be the Antichrist. They are Hitler reborn. They are Trump reborn, which is worse than Hitler reborn in the mainstream media today and in social media as well. And now adults are doxing them, releasing their public information, their phone numbers, their addresses, their parents' names, their parents' places of work and trying to destroy their lives. Covington Catholic School is closed today because they cannot guarantee the student's safety after threats to blow up the school, burn the school, and have shootings at the school have been made. This is the tolerant left in 2019. Peter Kirsten now joins us now on AM 1420, the answer to react to that and more. Peter, of course, a Cleveland attorney and a member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights. Good morning, Pete. Bob, doing well here. 21 days until the official start of spring and 65 days to opening day. I knew you'd be on it, my friend. I knew you'd be on it. Pete, I uh, kind of uh, discussed yours and my correspondence last night. Uh, you know, inside baseball, I, you know, I told everybody you and I usually speak the night before uh, uh, one of your appearances so we can kind of discuss the topics and make sure that we're prepared to, to talk about these things intelligently and do any research that needs to be done, et cetera. And normally I make the reach out. Normally I'll, I'll, I'll message you and say, hey, Pete, you know, are we good for tomorrow? Here's what we're going to talk about. But last night you were so fired up about this, you actually reached out to me. And you actually said, we have got to get, and I read your, your text message to me, uh, that, that we have got to get on this. And I'm just going to give you a little bit of latitude here, uh, Pete, to respond to what you have seen happen over the course of the last 72 to 96 hours. Uh, Bob, there's a lot to say here, and don't even know where to begin. Um, you know, as a parent, if this happened to your child, and if I'm not mistaken, you're, didn't your daughter go down to the March for Life? She did. Yeah, and, um, you know. <clears throat> With her Catholic school. Yeah, my, my kids went to Catholic schools also, and these are some of the finest of the finest. They take the time to be involved in an endeavor of this magnitude, an endeavor, by the way, which doesn't get any coverage from the press. This is probably the most coverage 
the mainstream media has ever given to a March for Life event in its history, despite the fact that on some occasions there are hundreds of thousands of marchers present, but the Women's March, when it attracts 15,000, it'll get wall-to-wall coverage. Exactly. But you have some of the finest young men and women in America who are taking time to go down for a cause in which they passionately believe. And so-called adults act completely lunatic, and it's not just the black Hebrew Israelites, it's not just the the other individuals. What's really striking about this is um, you have got members of the so-called mainstream media who have been spanked repeated times for completely false reporting. Remember, this came 24 hours after the huge debacle reported by BuzzFeed claiming that Trump had suborned Cohen's perjury and calls for impeachment were coming out literally every couple of minutes on CNN and MSNBC. Then they had to pull that back because that was completely and utterly false. In fact, their vaunted special counsel, the person in whom they repose all hope to get rid of Donald Trump, he came out and said, this is not right, this is inaccurate. Yet even after that debacle and serial debacles over the last two years, think about how many reporters have lost their jobs, including Brian Ross. I mean, the list goes on and on. There have been dozens of occasions, not when they get little uh, details wrong, they get the essence of a story, usually a big story, completely wrong, and all the errors go one way. Despite that predicate, Bob, despite that, they spend 15 seconds looking at a video that confirms their biases, and then they go on a rant before they even check anything. And that's, frankly, that's one of the keys to a defamation suit. They don't check anything. They spend a few minutes or seconds reviewing a tape of young white kids. That was their first strike at a pro-life march, second strike. But the biggest strike is MAGA wearing hats. You wear a MAGA hat, it's all over. It's the same thing. And somebody said it quite forthrightly. It was one of these MSNBC people who said that a MAGA hat is the new hood for the Ku Klux Klan. That's what they claim. Yeah, that was you know, Alyssa Milano, among others. A lot of the Hollywood set have used that as their new, uh, uh, as their new uh, uh, talking point, that the hat, the MAGA hat, is a pointed hood now. Yeah, and, and think, Bob, and I'm going to go kind of off track here, but if Donald Trump is a racist, he's the most incompetent racist in the history of the world. This well, clear, clearly he is, because on Martin Luther King Day yesterday, it was, it was declared so by Bernie today Sanders. Today we talk about justice, and today we talk about racism. And I must tell you, it gives me no pleasure to tell you that we now have a president of the United States who is a racist. You know, he's got to stand there, does President Trump, or sit there and take this slander, because what's he going to do? Uh, especially when a, a hundred more Democrats for pre- uh, candidate for presidents are, are going to be screaming the exact same thing for the next two years. So whichever one of them emerges with their nomination, they can go to the uh, go to the campaign reminding everybody what you've heard for the last two years. You can't vote for Trump, right? You do realize he's a racist. I'm sorry to interrupt, but go on. Yeah, um, you know, I think... 
as I was saying, he's the most incompetent racist in history because he's lowered black and Hispanic unemployment to the lowest levels in history. There are three million fewer blacks on food stamps than were under the last year of Obama. Median household income for blacks and Hispanics at record highs. I mean, I can go on and on and on. You take a look at school discipline, for example, and and school violence and how he has brought those levels down because of the rescission of the idiotic Obama policies that presumed racism. But aside from that, look at what these purported adults did, confirming their biases and running after these young kids. After the lesson of the Duke lacrosse case, the University of Virginia rape case, I mean, I I can't even list all the the instances. Just in the last year, there have been over a dozen well-publicized incidents where the media goes off and reports breathlessly about something that turns out to be not just a little wrong, but completely wrong. In fact, just the opposite. Just as in this case, if there was any racism in this venue, it came from the black Hebrew Israelites, Right. That's where it came from, but you didn't hear a peep about that. No, the no, they're, they're a side note to this story. The whole story is the, the white kids in the red hats victimized, the, the little you know defenseless elderly uh, Native American man beating his drum in support of Indigenous Peoples Day. And then even after all of the other video came out and proof that he actually confronted them and he walked right up to them and banged the drum in the kid's face and so on and so forth, the kid was so stupefied he didn't know what to do, so he stood there and smiled. Poised, did not did not do anything, did not respond, did not back away in fear, did not do anything aggressively, just stood there and smiled, didn't know what to do. But Pete, that's the beginning and the end of the story. The white kids with the red hats and the little Indian man. The black Hebrew nationalists who had been assaulting them for, for a couple of hours verbally and profanely, they're not even mentioned in the media, and I don't know why. Yeah, well, you know why. Yeah, I you do. You know why it is. All these mistakes, Bob, that the media makes only go in one direction. Isn't that peculiar? Every single mistake only goes in one direction. And they, you ask whether or not there's media bias, or the media claims, oh, no, 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 we're, we're just reporting. No, it's, it's um, for the longest time now, we conservatives have been frustrated, but I think, Bob, what charged me up the most and I don't want to necessarily go after certain individuals or organizations simply because of their political stance, but you would hope you would get a better treatment and reaction from conservatives who are purportedly the adults in the room. Yet there were many alleged conservatives who were among the first to come out and trash these young kids. Again, a couple problems there. First is they didn't do what conservatives pride themselves on doing, and that is getting the facts and don't acting irrationally in an emotional fashion. But they did that in a knee-jerk fashion because, again, think about it. A MAGA hat triggered some of these alleged conservatives. I thought that that was appalling. And more importantly, probably than the political designation of conservatives, their own, the kids' own diocese threw them under the bus without even examining any of the facts. Immediately start saying this is reprehensible. Some of the things that the conservatives were saying and the diocese were saying were worse than what some of the liberals were saying. That is unforgivable for those of us who have been called deplorables for such a long time, you have to understand that there's a huge tribalism that's going on here. And part of that tribe doesn't distinguish between the Beltway conservative elite, the never-Trumpers, 
and liberals. They are part of a tribe. They may have slightly different viewpoints as to how to approach politics and economics, but they are part of a guild, part of a tribe, and that tribe is better than the rest of us, better than we deplorables. As a black conservative, you've got to have thick skin. You don't get invited to any parties, and you get it from a lot of different sides. And how many times you talk to your black conservative audience members when we have stuck our necks out on behalf of conservatism, and believe me, you get a little bit more program when you're a black conservative and you do these kinds of things. I, yeah, then, I absolutely believe. We stick our necks out, and what happens? The Republican leadership pull out the... You know, I normally don't like to do one-topic shows, uh, but this is a one-topic show. We're staying on the Covington story. We started at 9 o'clock. I'm going to stay that way until 11 o'clock because it's that big. Why? Because these aren't my kids, but they could have been. What if they were your kids? How would you feel? Their lives are in the process of being destroyed right now, including their parents. Peter Kirsten, now back with us on AM 1420, The Answer, with more reaction. Pete, Bill Crystal, uh, your former colleague, and I know you've written for, uh, for National Review on and off again for a, l- a number of years, was one of those who wrote, quote, if some kid wearing a McCain 2008 cap had been filmed behaving this way, John McCain would have already called Mr. Phillips to express regret, and he would have used the occasion to remind his supporters they should treat other, others with respect will trump do anything like this when the truth came out bill crystal deleted his tweet but didn't have the common courtesy or courage to apologize for jumping on the bandwagon and assuming the worst the uh, organization that he works for works with and runs national review actually ran a column headlined the covington students might as well have spit on the cross Speaking of the crucifix, because of the damage they did to Catholicism with this, uh, with their, their perceived actions here. Again, the truth came out. They spiked it. They just deleted the story from their website rather than leaving it there and running an editor, editor's note saying, we apologize wholeheartedly for this terrible thing. They want to pretend it didn't exist. The NR, uh, National Review Online and NR, uh, National Review Magazine is going under. Go ahead. Yeah, Bob. Um... Just a minor correction. Bill Crystal is not a former colleague of mine, and he ran the Weekly Standard, which, as you know, went out of business. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm confusing the two, and they already went out. Yeah, you're right. Well, I yeah, apologize. Yeah. I mean, and it's not, not difficult to confuse, because it seems to me that they're becoming somewhat indistinguishable from the terms of their political perspective. And you're right. It, uh, I've written hundreds of pieces for NRO <laughs> over the years. And I have seen, and you know, there, look, there are others like Victor Davis Hanson uh, who have seen, and Mark Stein, who have seen this kind of, it's, it's peculiar, I don't know what to say about it, it's this peculiar inside the beltway type of conservatism, uh, I called it tribalism, but there was this knee-jerk reaction among some of the National Review crowd, but you know, there was that, that one long comment, as you said, they may as well have uh, spit on the cross, that was forgivable, and then I saw last night, there was this apology, purported apology posted on NRO that it called itself an apology, but didn't acknowledge certain fundamental aspects of the original column that were appalling, such as he got it completely wrong. In fact, the facts were just the opposite of what he claimed they were. Again, another rush to judgment by people who purportedly on, quote-unquote, on our side. It's one thing when you've got the entire media establishment arrayed against you, and almost every other major institution and the culture is against you. It's then another thing when those individuals purportedly have your back. 
turn on you and immediately hit you with friendly fire at the first sign of any kind of problem, as if to say, I am virtuous. This is, this is the essence of virtue signaling and throwing facts under the bus in, in an effort to make yourself appear as if you are above the fray and you're one of the good people, one of the right. people within the approved tribe inside the beltway. And when I say inside the beltway, I'm using that not in the literal sense, but in the figurative sense of those individuals who have a certain mentality. And it it doesn't just apply to those inside the Beltway, although probably it's most intense there, but it's the New York, San Francisco, L.A., Boston type of of corridor where you have people who went to the same schools, think the same thing, maybe have a slight view, different view on economics, but they are part of the tribe and they know the rest of us are deplorables. Now, strangely enough, I should be part of their tribe. You know, most of these folks think that every minority should be part of their tribe, that anybody who went to an Ivy League school should be part of their tribe. If you're a professional, you should be part of their tribe. And you can make certain generalizations that say, yeah, people who kind of check those boxes are part of the tribe. But this is a, it's, it's an abomination to think that those individuals who we think should be exercising the type of rational judgment that defines what conservative conservatism is, acted in such a reflexive fashion, more typically aligned with the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortezes of the world and the Bernie Sanders of the world than, say, the William F. Buckley's of the world. This is a bad day for a lot of conservatives uh, for National Review. I don't think they, I'm not sure, well, all due respect to them, uh, last time I posted there was last week, in fact, and I have not been posting a whole lot during the Trump administration, but nonetheless... Um, this is one of those days of self-reflection. With all due respect to them, they may want to yeah. look inward and figure out who the heck they are here. This is this is truly extraordinary, and I think that's Bob what upset me the most. Pete, you're absolutely right to be upset about that, and I appreciate that clarification too. You know, I always associated Crystal with uh, the NRL because his he was one of the most prominent voices and and faces and and uh, uh, names featured on the pre 2016 election conservatives against. Trump right. uh, piece and uh, and you know he joined in with a, some p- other people you have great admiration for like uh, like uh, Andy McCarthy and others who are part of that too but I don't know why his name always stuck out for me there but thank you for that clarification. Well, uh, the thing with Andy Pete, McCarthy, yeah. as you may have seen, Andy, I think has uh, you know he may have been uh, not even never Trump, he may have been skeptical of Trump, but Andy uh, you know calls balls and strikes. Not he doesn't get him accurate right. all the time. I don't get him accurate all. None of us do, but I don't think Andy has had this this kind of uh, adhesion to never trump in the face of facts to the contrary. Pete, don't lower yourself down to the level of mortals. You always get it right. Back with Peter Kirsten now after this on AM 1420, The Answer. It done. There are two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth. You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. 1036, uh, we continue on AM 1420. The answer. I got one more segment with Peter Kirsten now, and then I'll get to your phone calls at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. We're still talking about Covington Catholic High School, which is closed today because of threats made against the school. The uh, administrators decided we cannot guarantee student safety after threats have been made to blow up the school, to burn the school, to have school shootings at the school, uh, and uh, death threats against the parents of some of these students as well. Peter... 
the uh, I would like to say that, well, at least we know the truth now and amends are being made, but they're not. The New York Daily News is among them, which, which, which refuses to uh, remove a tweet and an article of theirs accusing Covington Catholic High School of wearing blackface, students of wearing blackface in previous uh, situations, which show their racial insensitivity, if not outright racism toward other people. Um, of course, what they don't show is the fact that that was what most many high schools do um, when kids wore black body paint all over their old bodies and black clothing on what is called oftentimes at sporting events a blackout. They also show don't show the same Covington students at whiteout night where they all wore white body paint and blue out in which they all dressed as freaking Smurfs. Um, as well as all of the other different, uh, you know, blank nights that they have at football and basketball games. The point is, these kids and the Covington Catholic School are still being victimized. And what I want to know from you, Attorney Kersenow, is what legal recourse they might have at this point in time. Uh, see, you always ask me these questions in areas in which I am not expert, but um, um, I'll, I'll hazard a few uh, comments along those lines. First of all, with respect to uh, you know, the so-called blackface and, and so on and so forth. It's really interesting how the media always refuse to examine the facts of a situation when they go in a certain direction. And what they were trying to do here was portray... Remember that old thing with respect to George W. Bush's National Guard Service? They, they, the, the Dan Rather... Yeah, Rather... Forged, with the forged documents. Uh, right. They tried to then backtrack and say, well, okay, it was false, but false but accurate. Remember that famous phrase? False but accurate. Yes. And I think what these, these news organizations are attempting to do is they got caught with their pants down printing false reports about what happened on the, on, uh, at the Lincoln Memorial it got the, the facts completely wrong, maligned these students. And I think what they're trying to do at this point is to say, oh, but see, they truly are racist. We went back several years and found a photo of them in blackface. Again, um, it, I was about to use a scatological term, but <laughs> uh, they, they had stepped on their own narrative. Again, they doubled down and didn't understand precisely. I mean, Bob, you and I, we're old athletes. We get this stuff. You've got kids in school. You know what, what fans do uh, at, at, at games. They put on face paint all the time. They do blackouts, as you know. But these journalists were so desperate to cover their tracks that they did the old false but accurate narrative of showing, hey, we may have gotten this incident wrong, but these kids at Covington are still awful. Right. That, that, that's exactly to, what they're trying to do. With respect to whether or not there's any kind of, of legal action, obviously yeah. you're thinking of libel or slander or defamation claim. And here, Well, there's one attorney, if I may, Pete, and I don't know if you followed up on this or not, but there's one attorney in Kentucky, I believe he's in Kentucky anyway, who is kind of representing everybody in a very large-scale uh, warning oh, right now, saying yeah, that yeah, if you it's, if it's you haven't far. apologized yet, yeah. or if you you know you need to immediately, or else you are going to be swept up in this lawsuit if you continue to, or if you have defamed these kids' character and the school, uh, and have not yet made amends and corrected that, then uh, you are going to be subject to some legal recourse. That's what I understand, but that's as far as it goes. Yeah, uh, Robert Barnes is he's done yes. things like this in the past. He's out of California, actually. He's out of. LA. Oh, okay. 
Okay. And um, my, you know, generally speaking, as a lawyer, I'm I'm always very careful about counseling anybody to sue. I'm not one to, you know, jump in there and say you should sue for this and sue for that and all kinds of, of legal actions. Um, this is one of those cases where, you know, you have to examine. Uh, there's been some real damage done to these kids. They're going to be besmirched by this. In the days of Google now, if false accusations are out there for just a half a second, they follow you for the rest of your life. And employers and these job search um, engines and these resume posting sites, they all have these search engines where they will find these little glitches there and somebody will see something along the lines of this particular individual went to Covington High School or at Covington High School he was engaged in racist conduct. Right. And those things are they're impossible to erase. So there's real damage done here, and we know there's been real damage because these kids can't even go to school. Some of them are, are, are concerned because they've received death threats. There's palpable harm. That's one of the elements of a defamation uh, claim. There's palpable harm, most significant harm here. Um, with respect to damage to the reputation, because maybe the worst accusation that can be made against you in contemporary America is the accusation of racism. And here you had a number of news organizations, you had a number of public figures and celebrities coming out and not simply calling these folks racist and all kinds of other vile terms, but then publishing their contact information, publishing or doxing them, doing all kinds of things so that others who are even more unhinged can go after these individuals. They know what the potential harm is. In other words, it's foreseeable that someone would see these Twitter feeds. By the way, let me back up. Twitter has a tendency to to ban individuals on the right for the most innocuous statements. But it's my understanding in looking at a number of the feeds that were occurring over the weekend, Twitter didn't do a whole lot to ban some of the folks that were making some of the most outrageous comments out here that were completely unverified. Now, again, these kids are not public figures. So if you're a public figure, one of the reasons why people are concerned about defamation claims is because it's a very high standard if you're a public figure. You've got to really show actual malice. It's almost impossible to demonstrate something like that. But with respect to ordinary kids like this, a false statement that damages you that's something that's the only there, there are defenses, but those defenses here really don't apply. You have to have an honest belief in the statement that you're made, and that honest belief have to, has to be supported by an examination of the facts, a research of the facts to determine what they actually are before you make such a statement. In other words, you have a burden. You've got a responsibility to make some reasonable effort to ascertain whether or not what you are saying is in fact true. And if you don't do that, you got a little bit of a problem. Also, there's false light, which is where you publish misleading statements, not just false statements, but you put somebody in a false light by saying things or couching things in a manner to suggest somebody is doing uh, something that's, that, that they weren't doing or saying something they were not saying or that they were a racist or something by, by intentionally trying to present a picture of somebody that is, puts them in an incorrect or false light. And here, I, I think that maybe the only viable defense that somebody, I've, I've heard some commentators talk about this, and by the way, whenever you hear some of these folks on television or even on radio like me, 
opining about the law, always remember, take it with a huge grain of salt. Some of these so-called experts that I see on television opining about the law, I don't know, maybe they've got a law degree, I'm not sure, but sometimes I'm astonished about how badly they botch it. Now, some of your listeners will probably say, well, Chris and I was botching it right now. No, but you're not. Here's you pre- you, you, pref- you prefaced your entire commentary by saying this isn't your area of expertise before giving not, us about four and a half minutes of consecutive ex- expertise. So yeah, you're, this, you're spot on with every bit of this. But this, is not, this is not that difficult. But the most viable, <laughs> probably, defense is whether you're commenting about a matter of public interest. You're giving a little bit of leeway. But uh, without getting into a, a lengthy disquisition on defamation law here, I think that <clears> that is going to be an uphill defense for a number a number of the people who tweeted and then retweeted things or people who are doubling down on the false accusations that they made against these kids or didn't immediately correct and apologize. If you have an honest... Go ahead. Let let me go further into it about Twitter, because you're right what you said in the middle of your commentary. Twitter has done nothing to abate this. They have done nothing. Uh, There are all these liberal blue check marks, verified individuals. You know, these are, you know, verified to be public figures and so on and so forth with large followings. All of these blue check marks who did this, who did not apologize, others who made threats, like one of them was a Hollywood producer, a Disney producer, um, who worked on Beauty and the Beast or something like that, said that these kids should be put MAGA hat first into a a wood chipper. uh, the, these individuals are clearly violating Twitter's own defined standards of decency and content and so on and so forth. Things, as you pointed out, that conservatives have been banned for from Twitter for far less transgressions, uh, far fewer trans, uh, not just fewer, but uh, less uh, uh, severe transgressions. And they're allowed to continue to have this platform. Is Twitter legally, potentially liable here for giving these people a platform to dox these kids, to threaten them, and to make all of these uh, these uh, you know defamatory statements about them. What's peculiar about Twitter, as I said at the outset, is that if you make the most innocuous statement that is politically incorrect on Twitter, they ban you immediately. They you know all uh, they take some type of adverse action against you. We've heard about this repeatedly. Here we have something that could potentially cause physical harm. And you had a number of people who kept making vile statements and encouraging individuals to take actions, as you just indicated, against these kids. In other words, they were exhorting folks to take some kind of action, whether it be to release their information or to expel them from school or contacting colleges and Mm -hmm. prohibiting them from going to certain colleges, contacting employers, taking palpable economic um, or harmful actions that could have economic consequences also in addition to physical consequences. Yet, for some peculiar reason, uh, some people have already pointed out that some of these tweets remain there. Some of these people didn't get banned, as would be for the most you know, kind of trivial offense if you were on the right side of of the ledger. So I would say that Twitter has to really examine where they are. And, you know, I'd be very concerned if I were Twitter uh, about the manner in which they have, um, well, put it this way, they have not had equal application of their standards uh, from yeah. a political perspective. And it's pretty clear, again, and they violated their own standards. That's the thing. They've yeah. ignored their own defined standards about what's acceptable on their site and what isn't, and they allowed it to, allowed it to continue. 
Yeah, and they all go in one direction, it seems. Yep. You know, it, 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 every time you hear about these instances, they go in one direction. And going back to what I said earlier, this tribalism, um, one of the things conservatives, those who claim to be conservatives, better understand is, you know what, the left will gleefully take your allegiance now. They'll take your support right now. They'll gleefully do that. But the minute, minute you decide to revert back on a particular subject, and a, on a different subject, to a standard conservative position, they're going to call you the same names they call the kids from Covington. Yep, that, so, that's very well said. Hey, hey Pete, I'm, their favor. I'm short on time here, but I've got to hit you with this real, real quick before you go. You're a prominent black conservative, uh, a fellow prominent black conservative by the name of David Webb. Did you hear about what happened to him on his own radio program? Oh, yeah. he's, uh, cons- he's Somebody called him white? Well, here, I'm going to apply. I had him on my show yesterday, and, I, and this, is, this is what brought it up. I've chosen to cross different parts of the media world, done the work so that I'm qualified to be in each one. I never considered my color the issue. I considered my qualifications the issue. Well, David, you know, that, that's a whole other long conversation about white privilege and things that you have the privilege of doing that people of color don't have the privilege of how do i have the privilege of white privilege david by virtue of being a white male you have white privilege this whole long conversation i don't have time to get Uh, ariva i hate to break it to you but you should have been better prepped i'm black It's just the best line ever. I had David on my show yesterday. That was Ariva Martin, by the way, of, you guessed it, CNN, uh, that he was talking to on his own radio program. Pete, that just real quick on that, because, uh, you know, as a prominent black conservative, again, he's not allowed to have formed his ideas in his head. He had to have had this strange conservative ideology um, uh, experience because he is white privileged uh the shock that that must have been on her face when she found out she was talking to a black man uh i, I wish i could have seen it yeah these these uh, liberals constantly face plant themselves you know just about every black conservative has had the experience that david webb just had i have david you know larry elder has you sure name it, thomas so you name it. every single one has had an experience like that in fact usually multiple experiences again you must have an allegiance to a particular tribe you can't get off the plantation if you do they're going to run you run you down like a runaway slave but the bottom line here is how many times multiple times do liberals have to face plant before they finally say, you know what, I've made a fool of myself repeatedly. Maybe it's about time I try to comport myself in a way that's eh, maybe a little bit more intelligent and adult-like. But nope. Well, rather ra- rather no than that, by the way, yeah, rather than that, Ariva Martin blamed her staff and said, well, my staff misinformed me. <laughs> But the point is, she's prejudging a man's character and his ideology based on what she thinks his skin color is. I mean, it is, and the fact that that happened just a couple of days before yesterday, Martin Luther King Day, the exact, exact opposite of what, uh, what Dr. King was talking about in judging us by content rather than by color. But anyway, uh, we're past that time. Hey, Peter, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for the great analysis. We'll catch up again very soon. Thanks, Bob. You got it. Pete Kirsten now joining us on AM 1420. The answer. We'll get a timeout now. Come back with the rest of your phone calls on the Bob France Authority. Bible. Take an ordinary putty knife and scrape off the old wax ring. Place the new wax ring over the flange, then line up the bolts with the bowl and gently set in place making sure a proper seal is created with the flange and drain. Next. Um, Dad? Uh, yeah, sweetie. Is that an old plumbing manual? 
Oh, um, yeah, yeah, honey. We really need to get some new books. Right. Um, do, do you want me to stop? Nah, I kind of want to know how it ends. Okay. Tighten the bolts. Line up the flushing valve to the opening in the top of the bowl, and secure the tank with a screwdriver and crescent wrench. <laughs> the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call eight seven seven four dad four one one or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Final segment of the broadcast, as almost always, is a short one. Let's squeeze in a few phone calls before we are done on AM 1420, The Answer. Let's go to Jan, who's been waiting uh, on and off now for a while. Jan, thanks for getting back on. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go right ahead. Hi there. I have two brief sentences that all of these people who crucified the uh, Covington students can identify with. Okay. they are. Uh, When he found that Jesus had been condemned, then Judas, his betrayer, was filled with remorse and took the 30 30 silver pieces back to the chief priest and elders saying, I have sinned, I have betrayed innocent blood. They replied, what is that to us? That is your concern. And flinging down the silver pieces in the sanctuary, he made off and went and hanged himself. (laughs) That's all I have to say. Jan, I love that. That is brilliant. Uh, will these people fling down their 30 pieces of silver? Will they? I'm not saying they need to hang themselves, but the apology must be, as Patricia Heaton said, something much more than just a few words on Twitter. Uh, sorry about that, because these kids are going to have real life and real world consequences because of what was done to them erroneously and falsely. These accusers, those who did this to them, should throw down their silver and give it to the kids. Start scholarship funds for them. Start GoFundMe accounts for them because their ability to get in, get into the college of their choice, the jobs of their choice are going to be hampered severely by this social media firestorm, and their names are going to be connected with this Covington High School racist situation for the rest of their lives, certainly as they begin their professional lives as they go into the college of their choice or try to. They need to take care of these kids. Throw your silver not just down but at these kids so that they have an opportunity and you can clean up the mess that you made. TJ in Cleveland next. Hi, TJ. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, Bob, here it is 2019. We've endured so many school shootings and things. And now we have lefties openly, and I'm saying openly, calling for the murder of children, the blowing up of their schools, the burning of their schools. These people should be brought to task for what they're doing. And I'm telling you, the FBI should get uh, involved in this. Examples got to be made of some of these libtards because these people are vile, they're violent, and a lot of them are sick. And these are the same people that would strip you and I of our Second Amendment rights that are calling for this type of violence. I can't think of a better uh, uh, scenario for the Second Amendment than the left in this country. And one other quick thing, Bob, your one okay. caller yep. was, was talking about, you know, phony seals and stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I, I've lived this my whole life listening to these people. Ask them to see their DD-214. That's a condensed version of what you did in the service. Every veteran has one. If they are unwilling to show that to you, they're phony. 
That's a very, very good point. You know, Kurt Schlichter, who is a, an Army veteran as well, he was a colonel, and he's a frequent guest on my program, was on Twitter talking about that as people said, we need to find out what this guy's military record is. And somebody said to him, it takes weeks to, to, to file a request for somebody's uh, DD-214. Uh, we'll never know that for weeks, you know, and you're acting like they're hiding it. And Kurt said, it took me five seconds to walk over to my file and open it and look at my DD-14. Do your job, reporter. Ask Nathan Phillips to see his DD-214. Then we'll know. But nobody's going to do that because they don't want to find out the truth, that this guy's been a fraud from the word go. What he did to the kids, what he claims his military record is, and so on and so forth. They don't want to do their jobs. TJ, thanks for the call. Great point, as always. All right, that's it. Thanks, Peter Kirsenow, for outstanding commentary and analysis. Thanks to you for listening tomorrow. Ryan Morrow will be back with us. We'll have the latest on this ridiculous story, and hopefully maybe some good news to come from it as well, as President Trump hinted about earlier today. That's it. Uh, Stay where you are. Mike Gallagher's coming up next right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.